It is the Supercoach Professionals podcast with you this Anzac Day week, round eight, and a lot to get through in a short period of time. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully the games haven't started yet. The predictors up as of Tuesday, recaps, previews also up all in the one day, and of course, Ryan MS with us to break it all down tonight. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm looking forward to this uh, spread out weekend, although I'm glad they don't do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, football every day from um, Wednesday through to Sunday. It's uh, could be worse things. It's going to be good, and uh, you're popping up for the uh, for the last game of the round, all, all that way away on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Tigers in action. Um, last week wasn't that crash hot, so hopefully this week they turn it around. Bounce back week, potentially. We'll talk about that game a bit later on. First of all, we've got to get into the injuries. Thanks to Pat Lyons for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Um, a lot to get through this week. Obviously, Sean Johnson, post recording uh, last week's podcast, going down injured. He's out. Not only missed last week's game, he's going to miss tomorrow as well. Um, basically, he pulled up lame following the side's captain's run last Thursday, having suffered a recurrence of the groin strain that saw him miss the round four game over the Roosters, or they won over the Roosters. Um, they're not saying how um, severe it is. Basically, Pat's saying, look, it just sounds like he isn't right yet. So obviously the, the short turnaround copying um, Johnson, um, not helping Johnson, and also Toho Harris with the concussion, also missing the game. So a couple of key guys out. We're hoping to see them back next week or at least have some more information on them. So probably holding them just for now. Jesse Bromwich with a medial strain. A couple of different um, sources. One saying he'll only miss between one to three weeks. Another one saying four to six. Um, it's a grade two. And uh, basically Pat saying MCL usually four to six weeks. So leaning towards the longer of those two reports. According to his advice, Andrew McCulloch, well, this was a pretty... Uh, this guy just doesn't seem to be able to stay off the injured list. Uh, Ryan, he's been playing really, really, really well, but an arm injury now looking at six weeks on the sideline, a pretty nasty injury, according to Pat, and, and a guy who had been in really good form. Yeah, he was uh, very unfortunate, um, really, for him and the Broncos and anyone who... You know, had him in in their team as well. Um, hopefully, he gets back quickly, but there's certainly um, certainly um, throws up some interesting uh, minute combinations uh, upcoming for the Broncos. Yeah, it's something we'll talk about when we read out the team changes. Um, I think the high performance manager Jeremy Hickman's was quoted as saying, "There's some muscle damage. It is secondary to the ligament damage. All tendons are intact. There's no fractures to his arm." and could return between four to six weeks, although Pat's saying it can get really stiff, so probably more like um, the sixth week he'll be right to play. Mitchell Pearce, another pretty shocking injury, those pectoral injuries, they can be out for a long time, um, basically confirming that, yes, he did suffer a pec injury against the Tigers late in that game out for roughly 16 weeks. Sometimes um, it can come back within four months, Pat saying, look, it's a minimum 12-week injury, probably longer, pretty much his season. And Jared Hayne, well, he had a recurrence on the hip flexor injury um, early on in that game against the Eagles, the Parramatta's first win of the year. 
and Pat's saying, look, we're going to have to wait on the scan result because we don't have that in the info yet, although Jared Hayne himself is quoted as saying he thinks it doesn't feel as bad as last time, thinks he'll be back on the park pretty quick. Um, a few others we should also mention, Brad Parker also doing his knee, um, so he's out for an extended period. John Asiata, another peck tear there as well, and a couple of guys have been named this week in Jake Friend and Elijah Taylor, but they'll be going through the concussion HIA protocols. Friend in particular is supposed to play tomorrow, um, so we'll see if he's able to be past fit there. Taylor's got a bit longer, of course, till Sunday. Um, that in the injury report is, of course, for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Uh, get on our website, www.supercoachpros.com, if you want to give Pat a visit because you get 20% off your first visit with him. Uh, can only recommend Pat, can't recommend Pat highly enough, um, basically not just sporting injuries, back and neck as well, is his specialty. So get down there if you live in the Sydney city region or eastern suburbs, Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. And Pat will take care of you like he does with these injuries. Great information as always. Let's go on to the best for round seven. Um, Mitchell Moses and the Eels finally, Ryan, um, coming up with a big game. Both him and Corey Norman cracking the three figures. Moses clearly the best. We've seen his downsides and that was certainly one of his up games. Yeah. Look, um, it was pretty much the result that everyone was expecting to be the... Uh, consistent or the norm, I guess, so for the season to date. Um, that hasn't happened, and obviously no one would have Mitchell Moses left. Well, a very small percentage of people. Um, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Parramatta's form because obviously it hinges a lot on um, those two, like Moses um, and Norman, but more Moses in particular, on how they go um, and how they're playing as to how Parramatta uh, poll supercoach points. Another bad matchup for him this week so certainly if he can buck that trend we might start looking at him from there but certainly we need to see back-to-back performances before we do that billy slater next highest 112 we've seen him take over some of the creativity admittedly a little bit lucky with the drop kick on on uh, friday night but um uh, the drop kick <laughs> but you know we saw this the week before as, to, as well he's happy to you know put the ball on the boot he's happy to to um, try to create and not just be on the end of plays with obviously Brody Croft not there at the moment and um, it's not Cameron Smith it is Billy Slatter who's taking up the slack in the playmaking areas with obviously Cooper Cronk having moved on and Cameron Munster still quite inexperienced in the halves um, Ken Seo a hat-trick well Ryan it's the old David Nofaluma that popped up a lot last year targeting Tigers right side defence and hadn't seen it yet this season but there you go, rearing its, in our case, ugly head, but for super coach and moneyball players, it's uh, not that ugly, is it? Because it's something you can definitely target. Yeah, uh, interesting. I'm not sure if it was him or uh, the person next to him or if you know, it was something endemic um, between those three on that edge, but they just got stripped for numbers time and time again. And um, Ken CO, like who would have picked him for a hat-trick mm. in any game this year? Yeah, it is certainly going to be one to watch, I think, this week if George Jennings can stay on the right wing and a bit of a spoiler alert because that, that Eels team are going to read out shortly. But that could be an, um, another one if he ends up moving to the left um, and taking on David Nofaluma. But, of course, um, there's even question marks whether Nofaluma does end up 
playing this Sunday. So there's going to be a lot lot riding on that one. I should also mention Damien Cook in there, another three-figure score. The guy's just going from strength to strength in the South's big win over the Raiders. And some other guys to mention, Josh Adokar finally putting it on, Cohen Hess. Uh, as we mentioned, I think, in this podcast, certainly in the previews, him likely to bounce back. He did. Isaac Luke had a good matchup and didn't disappoint. Same with Veal Kickow. And uh, obviously, Caelan Ponga, Ryan, what can you say? I mean, the guy's just playing out of, out of his skin right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I had a look at his stats today. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just... Uh, it's like nothing is a problem for him. Um, he's had some games where, you know, Newcastle have been on the on the end of a, you know, fairly, fairly hefty loss. But he's still managed to come up with, you know... Decent points. I think his lowest score yeah. of the year is 54. Yeah, I think, I think that was against the Roosters when they got pretty thoroughly beaten there. He just and, he just keeps yeah. it going. It doesn't matter the matchup. It doesn't matter the circumstance, win or loss. He's just putting it on. And the matchup this weekend is probably his best yet. So expect close to three figures. All right, let's move on to those team changes now and start with the games on Anzac Day. St. George Illawarra, just the one change. Jacob Host in for Hame Selly. And the same with the Roosters. Uh, Takiyaho coming in for Frank Pong, Nuasala. Uh, Melbourne v. the Warriors. Jesse Bromwich is out for Melbourne, as we said earlier in the show. Kenny Bromwich, his brother, comes in. Joe Stimson joins the bench. Obviously, um, with uh, Toho Harris out with that concussion, Isaiah Papa Lee gets a chance in the left edge. He gets a nice uptick there. So I'm Mannering moving to the right. And then um, Chance Nickel Clockstead will become the new bench man there. Obviously, no Sean Johnson or Solomon Okada yet. Anthony Gelling gets another opportunity in the starting lineup, as does Mason Lenor. Um, Souths v Brisbane on Thursday night football. Sam Burgess suspended yet again. Um, it's going to be hard to hold him for another two weeks while he's injured. Ryan, what's your sort of strategy surrounding that? Because that will be difficult. And Cameron Murray, of course, returning to replace him, which at least is something for Super Coach players. Yeah, look, I have him. I have Burgess, um, and I will be holding on to him um, because when he is on the field, he's playing quite well. Um, and luckily enough, I do have the, you know, enough players to cover. Um, but yeah, it's he, the thought did cross my mind. Uh, come a few weeks' time, if he gets suspended again, or cops a knock that you know knocks him out for another two weeks. That's so far. That's that'd be six weeks that you haven't had him. Um, you'd have to. Yeah, you're really going to have to think about that. Uh, if you've got players to cover, I, I'd probably keep. We'll probably hold, but uh, man, it's it's tempting to uh, move on to someone who's going to play week to week uh, at a at a price tag of five seventy four. Yeah, uh, he's, that's, that's yeah. the thing is the cost, and I think as you say, if you've got cover, then you're pretty sweet because there's some guys starting to peak. And you probably don't want to be wasting trades on sideways players. Look, at any time, but particularly right now. And obviously moving on from Sam Burgess would be a potentially sideways move, unless you can rejig it with a dual dual trade with moving on position. I know I'm looking at Caelan Ponga now. I think in my situation, I've been hit pretty hard with injuries. Uh, Nathan Brown out again this week. A couple of other guys sitting on my bench. Um... I might just need him because I don't have that great cover. I might need a, a top-line player, and I still hadn't bought into Ponga. So this is a week I'm really looking at him um, and doing that 
sort of double trade, so getting weaker in one position but stronger in another, the fact that he's out for that second lot of two weeks really, really hurting me. But I think if, in like in your case, Ryan, and in, in most of the, uh, I think our listeners um, have set themselves up pretty well with some of the other guys. If you can just hold on to him, and, and we'll probably talk a little bit about some of the other guys that are really hitting um, their their peak at the moment and certainly you could be looking to cash out at the right time and then you can save the trade on Sam Burgess. Um, Adam Dewey is named in that team ahead of Heimel Hunt as well on the bench but obviously as uh, as long as Dewey is only a bit part player he's not really super catch relevant. For Brisbane a strange move with Josh Maguire moving into hooker to replace Andrew McCulloch. Um, Tavita Pengo will come into the starting lineup, as does Jaden Sewer, and I think that was one watching that game on a Friday night. Corbin Sims didn't really look much, uh, much like he was comfortable on the right edge. So Sewer's going to get an opportunity there. Sims moves back to the bench. Sam Takatizi also joins the bench. Look, Todd Murphy's in the 21. He could get a call up there to cover at hooker. Obviously, Nick Arima's on the bench. He could go there as well. Hard to see what Wayne Bennett's going to do there. But pretty much Brisbane, a bit of an avoid at the moment. Not a not a great matchup. Uh, Souths have, have, have been pretty good all year round, stopping Supercoach points. Manly v the Knights. Uh, Brad Parker out, as we said earlier. So Matt Wright's the new winger. Lewis Brown, the new interchange player. He'll probably spill up beside Coruscant. So if you're a Coruscant owner, just beware of that. For Newcastle, obviously, Pierce out. Connor Watson comes back in. Interesting to see how he goes. Another good matchup for him um, coming straight back in as well. Panthers and the Bulldogs, well, no changes in that lineup. We saw last year, last time they played earlier this year, both the fullbacks, Moses Embi and Dylan Edwards, doing really well. So we'll be looking at those two again this week. Gold Coast v Cronulla. Um, coach Garth Brennan swinging some changes here. Um, Tyrone Roberts Davis is out. Kane Elgy's also been dropped, replaced by uh, Bryce Cartwright in the halves. A little interesting one there. Um, while Brendan Elliott comes in at left centre, so Sammy moving back to the wing. Morgan Boyle, the new interchange. Alex Brimson's on, an, on the reserves. So again, you might be looking at maybe Brennan's looking at him at some point to take over. What do you make of that? Uh, Cartwright coming into the halves, Ryan. He's been switching around a lot, um, but maybe there's some potential there to, to, to have a late crack at it super coach wise for Bryce. Yeah, well, look, if you haven't moved on from Bryce, um, like there was the, there was, I think, round four, everyone was about to jump off him because um, he had scored three. Um, and then against the Sea Eagles, the next week he scores 50. And then against the Panthers, he scores nine. And then just recently against the Cowboys, um, he scored 43. So he's very, like, the epitome of up and down. Um, I think he played uh, 5-8 for the full game against the Warriors, I believe it was, in yeah, round two. Didn't do um, much. Didn't do, didn't do much out of the ordinary. I think he got 30-odd, 36, or something like that. Um, so I don't think he's going to you know, magically turn into, uh, you know, a 70-point 70 um, 70 player. But I dare say that um, I, I think 50 is probably pretty reasonable if, and it's a big if, the Titans um, end up playing well because you just don't know how what the Titans are going to do week to week. Yeah, James Maloney did a good job at left half, but, I, but obviously I'll take his style of play over Cartwright's at, yeah. you know, so against the Sharks, you know, we're looking at that matchup saying maybe there's something there, but um, yeah, it's probably better that, again, if he's on your bench and maybe he goes really well and you can make some money off him 
It's going to be hard to trust him in your start at 17. For Cronulla, Wade Graham, um, the new... Um, well, back in the edge position, we assume the left edge, which means the um, eye-catching game of Scott Sorensen last week. He was the left edge. He might move over to the right um, because Luke Lewis is out. Um, Kurt Capewell also makes way with Jason Bakuya coming back from injury via the interchange. The Cowboys v. the Raiders. Sean Fenson comes in for John Asiata, finally back from that horrific injury on the grand final last year to play his old club who have uh, reinstated Josh Papali in the starting 13, but in the middle, not on an edge, Luke Bateman, the man to make way. He'll go back to the interchange. And the Eels-Tigers game, we sort of hinted at it earlier. Jared Hayne out, so Bevan French comes back in, whether French goes to the right or George Jennings stays there remains to be seen. But obviously, if David Nofaluma, who has been named on the right wing, uh, remains there, um, whoever's lining up on the left wing will get a, a nice upgrade. Um, should mention Tepai Maroa is uh, on the reserves with Kane Evans and Cameron King, but uh, other than that, the Eels are actually um, the same as last week's big win. Chris Lawrence is back for the Tigers. Josh Alloway will go back to the bench. There's no Alex Twall. He's got a shoulder injury. And um, we should also mention, as I talked about, um, David Nofaluma, Mahe Fanua has been named as a reserve. So that's why maybe that could be changed there. Um, Ryan, I guess this is an opportunity now to uh, just talk a little bit about mid-round trade strategies with five days of, of rugby league and, and an early start. It's going to be hard to definitely um, settle on your trades at the start of the round. So once again, obviously you can't reverse trades mid, mid-round, mid but other than that, um, it's a pretty safe strategy, particularly if you try a few and reverse them before uh, the original lockout of the first game, and then you can really be ready to make those changes mid-round when maybe you've got a bit more information um, to go on. Could be a good way to go this week. Yeah, I think definitely, especially with the spread of games. Um, I, you got, but you, you, you still do have to have a plan. Um, you know, you have to have. Okay, I'm going to pick. You know, X amount of players. Uh, you know, I'm going to swap this guy for this guy you know, in scenario A and this guy for this guy in scenario B. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think this round, if you're going to do that kind of thing, I think this is definitely the round to do it, being that you have two games tomorrow and the one on the Thursday and the two on the Friday, Saturday, and the one on the Sunday, of course, to finish off. Um, I noticed that my opponent last week did that. Um, I think... Uh, they had a slew of manly uh, players, um, and so they changed a few of those out because I think they saw the writing on the wall there. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a very viable strategy, and especially this round. Yeah, that's quite clever, and yeah, you know, like you say, this round you're looking at at, at some guys. I mean, Sam Burgess. We talked about him earlier. Well, he's, going, he's on a little bit earlier on the Thursday, but obviously it gives you another sort of 24 hours to make your mind up, and you've still got most of the game still to play, so you're going to be bringing in a guy, you know, who's more than not the guy you're targeting is still to play. Um, so he could be one where you just want that extra day to decide and maybe you own a couple of players in those earlier games and you want to see how they go um, before you sort of... Uh, you know, if, if, if things start off poorly as the round progresses, you might be more desperate to, I've got to bring in a guy that's guaranteed, you know, not 
there's no such thing as a guaranteed to go well, but looking at the predictor, the dominator on our app, you know, more likely to do well this this very week, and looking at that short, looking at a short-term proposition. Obviously, if things are going better, then you have to, you don't have to panic as much on that regard. There is some interesting games this round in regard to matchups. Um, the Bulldogs Panthers game could be high scoring. The Titans Sharks. I think the um, Eagles Knights games. You know, there's a few there that could be high scoring, which could lead to lots of super coach points. So, while maybe the games on on Anzac Day will be lower super coach wise, just because they could be played quite tight. So it's just something to keep in mind as well. Let's move on now to those predicted best four round eight. And obviously, after Scott Sorensen's big game last week and playing the Titans, who are pretty weak um, in in um, defensively, out a bit wider, he's got the biggest um, projection. But obviously, in that very very um, small sample size, you've got to take that with a grain of salt. Next up, Cohen Hess. We like what we see there against the Raiders. Ryan, I can see him running at Jared Croker and Aiden Caesar and having an even better day than he did last week. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a dirt track down that side of the field. Um, he's just going to run at them all day, and he's just going to get, uh, yeah, he's going to get either the, you know, fr- first, you know, uh, there's someone out the back, but he's going to take, you know, that that first uh, run at him, and he's just going to keep on doing that. He's going to get, he's going to build up a lot of base points this game. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd probably back him in for a try, to be honest, um, at the way the Raiders are going. Um, another one that the dominator will be you can look at is the left halves against the Broncos. Cody Walker getting a big uptick in this game. So I know some people out there own Cody Walker. He was a nice mid-price going into the season. Hasn't let anyone down. This game definitely could put the VC loophole on him. Kalen Ponga. Um, Manly have been quite weak to full-backs, and Ponga's going to have a lot on his shoulders um, now with no Mitchell Pearce, so expect him to have a big game. Dylan Edwards, we saw what he did last time he played the Bulldogs, give him another tick, same with Viliami Kickow. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, another one of those Newcastle players who just keeps looking better and better each week. Uh, he's right up there in the top ten, as is Elliot Whitehead. We know what he can do for the Raiders. He's had a few low-scoring games, unfortunately, but he's had some wowsers as well, including last week. The two Javorovic brothers, they are playing the Knights, and Knights do give up their fair share of Supercoach points. They're right up there as well, as is Chad Townsend, because we all know that the Titans are very weak to halves and fullbacks, so Josh Dugan is also on this list a little bit lower down. Guys like Ryan Madison, uh, right up there. Isaiah Papali, Ewan Aitken, Damien Cook, Cameron Murray, and um, Daly Trevens, Matt Moylan, another sh- another halves for Cronulla. Esan Masters for the Tigers as well. He's been playing uh, very consistently as, as a centre and winger when there's not a lot of options there. Uh, the highest price rises for round nine, and I know we're going to have a few questions on some guys mate, to make some cash for you, but Ken Seo is due, due to go up almost 100 grand, so that's going to be quite eye-catching. Not, not the best match-up this week, but not the worst. Still should do fairly well. Um, Mason Lenor up 64,000. Again, has a poor match-up this week against the Storm, but you may still be looking to bring him in if you have the room to make the trades without needing all 17, and needing him in your 17. Those two guys, certainly. Josh Shadow Carr's bounced back uh, the last couple of weeks, so he's got another big increase in... He's in line for another big increase. Um, 
Ben Hampton is a guy that I know you were targeting earlier in the year, Ryan. He started slowly, but now he's really rising at a rapid rate ever since going to the left centre position, or the right centre position, I should say. Um, O'Neill, of course, has, has shifted to left centre. Um, and the Shark centres, Latelli and Ramian, both uh, predicted to do very well. There, Dylan Edwards on the back of a big game this week should rise. And Damien Cook just keeps going up and up and up, as does Aviliami Kikau and Raymond Fatala-Mariner should also put George Jennings on that list and Jason Tomalolo. So if you if you like Tomalolo and you don't want to pay a fortune for him, get him in this week. The drops, um, a lot of guys coming off the bench in guys like Winterstein and, and, and Holland, but then you've got Tim Lafayre, Tom Trevorovich, what must, comes up must come down. Um, is, is in this list as well, as is Gareth Widdop for the same reasons. Look, Widdop, Ryan could be an interesting buy the following week. This is going to be a tough matchup for him against the Roosters. Yeah, it is, because um, they're traditionally just tough games, uh, as is. Um, look, with Widdop, um, the draw he had was really favourable. Yeah. Hasn't quite worked out. Well, the, the last couple, it, he's, he, it's been a lot harder. Yeah, you know, absolutely. last week and this week, um, and so you know he was due to go up, you know, to astronomical amounts, um, but now yeah he's come back down. But when you look at it, he's still I believe he's still the um, highest point scorer so far this year, um, or if he's not, then he's in the top five um, at the very yeah, least. I think he still beats out Pongo. It's it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is. He is the highest by just by two points. But yeah, it goes to show that. Yep, he's you know had a bit of a drop, but because he, he started the season so high, so he's going to level out. But his leveling out is still going to be um, pr- pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, it's he's probably probably a good guy to look at um, because there's not many in the. 5-8 position that's really no. dominating and you, um, super coach point wise and other halves like Anthony Milford and Daly Trevins are on this list as well but they probably lack the upside of Widdop so you know you're looking at looking maybe at, at making a switch there potentially or maybe you're looking at upgrading one of your cheaper halves in the following week and, and downgrading a different position or, or just having two mid-price players go for one for Widdop and a cheapie um, highest price rises over the next two rounds with a lot of those same names on there. Should add Mitch Rain and Isaiah Papali um, uh, on there. So that will be interesting to sort of watch how they go, um, as well as the guys we just mentioned. Alex Glenn is also on that list as well. So interesting to see how he's going for the for the beleaguered Broncos right now. Uh, and, of course, all those predictors and is done for the app. Uh, you can find the app by following the links from www.supercoachpros.com or simply just go on the Google Play Store or the iTunes app, or the App Store, sorry, on, um, on Apple, and uh, basically get all that information, every single player. And, uh, Ryan, it's not just... That predictor information, but of course, the all-important dominator featured on, uh, I, I think it was the, the Moneyball NRL Supercoach talk um, last Saturday, and certainly, you know, getting a lot of positive feedback around the traps, this dominator, I think it's, you've got to say, it's a must-own, you've got to have it in your arsenal if you're serious about playing Supercoach. Yep, um, absolutely, I've banged on about it a lot every time I've been on here, um, about how much I... 
I um, use it and do enjoy it. And um, it worked for me uh, once again this time um, with Moneyball for the, uh, I think it was the Roosters-Bulldogs game. Uh, not the greatest game quality-wise, um, but certainly paid off for me <laughs> Moneyball-wise uh, using Dominator. And, and, um, and one thing the Dominator is great on is base stats. So in those low-scoring game where someone doesn't, you know, can CO it and <laughs> kind yep. of throw everything out, um, the Dominator usually proves to be best. So it's getting near origin time, so you'll uh, we'll try to get something out based upon what we know. It's a bit di- difficult to do, but we've found in the past for origin and Australian matches, um, when you convert the info, um, it comes up pretty close on as well. So those big games, grand final last year was another big one for, for us on Moneyball, big, a big result. Um, so, yeah, those bigger games and those tighter scoring games can prove to even be even more accurate than some of those ones where, which, you know, notoriously you enjoy playing where you know it's going to be lots of points and you can, you know, get, get good stacks going, etc., etc. But But sometimes those yeah, six nil can actually be a boon when you play Moneyball. <laughs> so go to the website www.supercoachpros.com follow the links or simply yeah, go on the App Store or the Google Play Store and type in Supercoach Pros 2018 and you'll find it let's go on to the tweets and Facebook messages there's a lot of them uh, this week and obviously we've <laughs> got to get that information to you before lockout so let's go Joyce and Willie Lalo asks I feel Lodge has peaked and I need to move out an underperforming RTS I have two options Masters TPJ or George Jennings, Andrew Fafita, both leave me with just over 200k in the bank. It's a lot of money in the bank, Ryan. Um, Lodge has been carrying this rib injury, or he carried it last week, he'll probably carry it this week. But longer term, he should be able to get back to what he was doing before he, he copped the, um, the knock to the ribs. Yeah, I agree. Um, he should get back to that, that point. Um, so, uh, has he peaked? Not sure if he's peaked, but he's he's pretty close. I, I don't think he's going to get like when he gets back to full strength. He's not going to, you know, score well and uh, you know well above what he was scoring. He's going to get back to that to that average that he's got. He should hit fifty or sixty, and it's hard at this point to knock that to say, well, I'd rather take someone else over that. Obviously, Pengai Junior has a lot of upside, but I don't think that he's outperforming Lodge. From when you watch the two of them, I, I don't. You know, Pangai's a lot more up and down. Well, that's yeah, that's true now. But also, um, I believe he's now got the lock spot. Um, does that mean he gets more minutes now that Maguire's oh, switched? <laughs> it's, that's the old g- assumption of rational coaching. And Wayne Bennett, we can't <laughs> just can't. Do you really think Maguire is going to play hooker? I mean, surely. No. The predictor, we have him still as a middle third player because even if he sits in at dummy half for 20 minutes, well, realistically, he's not going to score you any super coach points as a normal dummy half would. So we're, no. we're aligning him playing as a middle third player and that's how we're, adjust, you know, we're adjusting his points according to that not putting him in a, as, as a dummy half because I just don't think that's how he's going to play even if he is distributing from there for 15, 20 minutes. Um, that means that, yeah, Pango, look, Pango could could still get more minutes, but it, but I would say he'll stay the same, maybe five more minutes. 
at best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I agree, and I, I think I feel lodged to um, TBJ's. Uh, you know, a bit of a sideways, possibly a little bit of a down move. And RTS will come back. You know, I, I mean, yes, George Jennings, he might have missed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you've missed something or there. Um, Fafita, I like Fafita. I mean, maybe you can do something there for Fafita for Lodge, and maybe looking at a guy like Scott Sorensen instead, or. Um, you know, he's probably the the guy Mason Lenor. You know, looking at yeah, someone if you, that's if, you, cheap, if that's going to leave you with over two hundred k in the bank, you want to yeah want to probably just have a hundred k left in the bank unless that's you're right. you don't unless you've got to. something planned for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and that, that yeah, if you're upgrading to a feeder, I think that's a smarter move. But um, yeah, maybe maybe that's the way you've got to go. Dean Pickup via Facebook asks us: uh, Is Kensio worth a buy until after the first? buy round, which players are predicted to score highest until first buy that play the first buy round? Well, I can tell you that we'd have to run that through our full predictor, um, which can take some... We can't really do for every single player, so that might be something that we have to look at... Um, I might have to look at doing next week um, a bit more stuff with the buys. Um, certainly, Ken Seo is going to make you a lot of money. It's just a matter of whether you can afford to... Or, essentially waste the trade on him. I don't see him replicating that game, Ryan, do you? No, I don't. But they seem to be going out towards his wing. Um, I mean, against Melbourne, they got thoroughly beaten, but he still scored a try. But there's no Mitchell Pearce now. But there, Yeah, but I was about to say that. There is no Mitchell Pearce now. So how do you know, yeah, what's the game plan now with Connor Watson and Jack Cogger? And this and Pierce, like most people remember him from the Roosters playing on the right, but Pierce has played exclusively on the left since joining the Knights. So Pierce is the one that's setting up the likes of Fitzgibbon and Co um, outside him. So yeah, as you say, we, we're not even sure which of Connor Watson. Watson played a lot of left half for the Roosters, but was playing right half at the start of the year. I assume Watson goes to left half. But we're not even sure if it will be him or Cogger. And there's still Brock Lamb waiting in the wings who could end up taking over. So there's a lot of variables there for Newcastle that I think puts you off. CO Fitzgibbon maybe is okay. Callum Ponga's good. Um, CO's a bit riskier. But look, if you don't have to put him in your 17, then yeah, sure, take the money. And, and if it does come off, then you're really doing well. And if it doesn't, he gets a couple of low scores the next two weeks. You're still going to make 100k. So, yep. you know, that's how you're still kind of it. expensive as well. Even for one of those guys who just yeah. think, oh, you know, I'll make some cash on me. Still 350, which yeah. isn't astronomical, but and it's, you it's be, no 192. No, and you, and when you are 350, then that's a hole in your lineup. So maybe you have to start him, you know, whereas a 192 guy that's going to go up 100, you can leave on your bench. So that, that that's the tough thing there. Um, but certainly, um, we looked a little bit at buyers. Just naming them last week, uh, it is Dean. It is something that we need to try to sort of forecast a little bit further in advance this year, just because of the way the buy structures are. And I think um, John, I may as well go to John's one now because his tweet is about planning. How many players do you think we should have for each buy, and what strategy for trading during this time to get the right numbers, which players to hold, even if on a buy. And I think Ryan, these are great questions that we're really going to have to look a bit closer more closely at because obviously with the different rules this year um, 
the usual thing was to get 13 guys in, but um, then you don't have a lot of weeks to make that adjustment because everyone that's playing um, obviously won't play the second bye this time round. So it's not yeah. like times past where you could pick a, a bunch of Souths players or Parramatta players and ride them through the origin period because everyone's going to miss one game, whether it be before yep. origin or, or during origin one or origin three. Yep. Um, that's that by planning question from Jono is, yeah, it's like going to have to take it as a question on notice. Yeah, um, we need it. To, we need to do it as a topic because that yep, absolutely that needs that's, that's topic worthy that one. Its own one, and Dean, I think we'll add what you're asking into what John is asking because um, it's something where we'll need to look a little. Bit, I need to look at the rules as well. What um, the Supercoach have changed the rules slightly. There is that the, the bumper trade period over the second origin, so that will be worth looking at as well, and um, definitely something now looking at starting those buys. Uh, by planning. So guys you're bringing in this week, you're probably looking at bringing in guys from those eight teams that we mentioned um, last week who have their buys after the first origin. So you're already starting to think about that. So teams like the Cowboys, the Eels, the the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, the Seagulls, the Sharks and the Tigers, they're the ones that will play in round 13. So they're the guys you're starting to favour and obviously Origin is an issue as well because no point bringing a guy in who's then going to be missing for Origin so we know Fafita's not playing Origin anymore so we had a question about him just before so he will be a good guy to, to bring in on the form that he's playing and the fact that he'll play in round 13 as well uh, Lee Irwin asks with Johnston out do I go Thurston or Walker for round 13 by coverage if I don't trade him out I'll be stuck with Croker or JMK. Um, well, I think it means Johnson, not Johnston. Um, this is a tough one, Ryan, because we don't have a great deal of information in regards to whether he'll be back next week. And Cody Walker's got a great match-up this week, and, you know, he's going to play in round 13. He's not going to be on the radar for origin. So there are some sort of... Uh, some good reasons to bring Walker in especially if he's going to have to play one of Croker or JMK this week. The one thing I would say, Croker against the Knights, it is at least a decent matchup. So maybe you close your eyes, hold your nose, and give Croker a shot and hope he can hit 50. <laughs> that's, well, look, that's not a bad option. Um, as for Thurston versus Walker... Um, I'd be more inclined to go Walker yeah. because because Souths are going better at the, at the moment. And they yeah, look he like looks they're good. On the up. They look good. He's got Inglis outside him. Rob Jennings is playing well. John Sutton's playing well. Good players around him. Um, Alex Johnston chiming in the back line who are helping him you know, get super coach points because if Inglis can get over the line, take three players with him, off a Cody Walker pass and there's 12 points where another player might have just got tackled and there's zero points. Yep. Uh, Chase Wright asks, downgrade Turbo to Hampton for cash grab. I know you're a Hampton fan, Ryan, but I'd be very loath, very, very loath to get rid of Tommy Turbo regardless. no. 
Just yeah, please one. do not do this. Do, do not. And this week, good matchup for Tommy T. Yeah. He's had that ankle injury. He hasn't looked right the last two weeks. He'll be back. No. And I know, look, Manly are going bad. Everything's going bad for Manly at the moment. And I'm sure everyone's crying tears in league land. <laughs> do not do this. Do not do that. They, they could bounce back as soon as this week. You know, yep. Manly like the siege mentality. They could really, like, you know, go back oh, to love it. 10, love it. 10 20 love it. years ago and, and really... They could come out all guns blazing this weekend. So, yeah, keep be aware of that. Tommy Turbo, yeah. 100, 100 plus this week, not out of the question. Uh, Rob Elkington asks, is Sorensen from the Sharks worth looking at? And also asks, Murray to Tomalolo or Nathan Brown? Now, I'm assuming he means Nathan Brown to Tomalolo, Brown out this week. He wouldn't be trading for Brown, seeing he's not playing. I think Sorensen's worth looking at, Ryan, but you've just got to be careful, as we've seen in the in all year, essentially, guys having that first big game and then dropping off um, because of those big price fluctuations and obviously the three-round rolling average, that, that first score will drop off pretty fast. So in a perfect world, you just wait till next week and make sure that your trade situation is set up so next week Sorensen can be brought in, I think. Yeah, look, I, I think with Sorensen, he's pro- look, he's probably going to get another um, another eighty minutes. Uh, you know, all things being equal. Mm. But Bakuya uh, is on the bench. I mean, there is yeah, a chance well, that's that he right. takes he could, over, and then he, Luke Lewis could be back next week. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's that next week. So if he does score well this week, you know that even if he gets an average, you know, his name for the week after, even if it's an average score that week after, he's still going to make some money. So if you're thinking, well, I can just wait that extra week, then I, can, then I know I'm going to make money. Even if he plays one more game, then you go, okay, well, I've made that money. Um, you know, I'm going on to the next guy and just building slowly like that. And he's got pedigree with the, his uncles, you know, Kurt and Dane Sorensen back in the day. They were yeah. pretty pretty solid, not just first grade. I think they played for New Zealand as well. Yeah. Um, so he's got the pedigree. The the question would be, yeah, the coach, very conservative coach in his team selections. So I know this year Flanagan's made a concerted effort to give more young guys a chance. We saw Sione Katoa get the opportunity at the start of the year. It didn't pan out because he got injured. He might still be back. Jesse Ramian has been getting a good shot at it at the moment, and now maybe Sorensen will get a chance, even if these guys start coming back from injury, um, because Flanagan seems to be making that effort, but you know, he could revert to type. We know in years gone by, he's definitely gone experience over youth. So there is some risk there. Um, Tamalolo, on the other hand, I think could, now could be the time to buy him because he is going back up in price. Not the greatest matchup this week, but he could buck that trend. I mean, he's that type of guy who, when in form, he's, you know, matchup proof. So, you know, I don't mind that one, but probably not Cameron Murray. Maybe Nathan Brown is starting to think about it, but Brown... Jeez, when he's when he's back fit, I mean, he's a guaranteed sixty point plus per week. It's hard to find in Supercoach land. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, Timmy Moss, Timmy Moss asks, I'm looking at trading out Kiri, and with Johnson out and Widdop still dropping in price, is it worth bringing in Lenor? Or also, should I go for Fita or Tomalolo? I'm leaning towards Fafita to finish my forward pack, but worried about his price. Uh, I guess first part as well. I think Kiri is a second-tier player, so I do think moving on from him makes sense. But we were talking about maybe next week, 
bring in Gareth Widdop. So maybe Ryan, he just holds Kiri for one week just to cover the Johnson um, injury potentially. Although it's not a good matchup for Kiri at all, is it? No, it's a very, very tough matchup for Kiri, and he seems to be struggling uh, of late as well. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, you'd probably wait a week, I, I would think, at this stage of the year. Um, it depends if if you're looking to go. Okay, well, I'm just you know I'm just after the points here. I'm not after like I don't care if I'm going to lose cash on this guy yeah. or not. Um, yeah. If it if it's if it's for money, uh, you know if you just like if it's for money and with Leno um, in coming in, how many games is he going to be there for? Because we're not no one's certain on the Johnson injury. It's just it's it, last week, um, you know he did outdo like Dragons are usually pretty tough to score against. So it could happen again, but Jesus Storm, they're very tough to score super coach points against. So you're bringing in Lino. He's probably not going to get a big score. He's going to go up in price, but then the week after he might not even be in the team. So there's a lot of negatives there with that, even though if you didn't have to play him this week, if you if you were looking at you know making a double trade, um, you know, anting up in one position and then Lino in the other to make you some quick cash, it makes sense. But in this case, I'm a little concerned about it. We'd have... I think Widdop is the guy you're looking at bringing him long-term, though. So maybe, like you say, Ryan, you don't worry about losing a bit of cash on Widdop and you just bring him in anyway. Yeah, that may be the way to go. Um, I, I think it's a bit too much of a risk for um, to bring in Mason. And Fafita and Tom Malolo both playing in round 13, so they're both really good prospects. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think you can go wrong. <laughs> TVE asks, hey, guys, I'm probably too late. No, you're not. Uh, is Turbo a sell for Ponga, given his break-even? Well, we've already sort of covered that. The ankle injury should be should be fine. Keep him there. But, yes, Ponga, you want to try to get in somehow, potentially. So, obviously, that's something that you may have to manage. Um, would you go with CO alternatively for cash and buy cover? I think we've already covered that. Um, with the earlier question to Dean, so perhaps not, um, Travis. Um, also, thoughts on Hiku with no SJ inside him. Um, if you've been reading our recaps and previews, I think every week we cover the fact that Hiku's living off the, the, the graces of Sean Johnson, never been super coach relevant in the past. Blake Ashford had some good years outside Sean Johnson, Ryan. That shows you what Johnson brings to his right centres. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's like <laughs> George, George Carmont and Andrew Johns back in the day. Yeah. So basically, um, yeah, Pete, Sean Johnson is uh, to outside centres what uh, Peyton Manning was to wide receivers. Um, Peter Hiku yeah. cannot be in your starting lineup this week, unfortunately. Uh, we'd love for him to prove us wrong, but... Um, yeah, I think he's been around the game for a long time, Peter Hickey, and this is the first year we've ever talked about him on this show, so that sums it up. <laughs> Lauren asks, TPJ worth getting and also Havili for Cook as my other trade? Well, certainly if you're upgrading to Cook, I think now's a good time to do that. I mean, Cook's quite expensive. Um, I'm assuming you're saying you are going up to Cook. Yes, I've got your team here. So Havili for Cook, 
yeah, Hook Cooks, you would have loved to have got him earlier. That can sting. But I think looking at your lineup, it's quite strong, Ryan. And sometimes you just got to cop it that you missed out on a, on a guy and just go and get him. Yep, you do. Um, and especially Cook, and especially this season, because um, he's just killing it uh, week to week. Even when he has a down week, it's still a pretty decent one. Uh, the only thing you've got to think about, and it's a long-term thought, is will Damien Cook end up playing Origin as well? But that's a Yeah, they're tipping him day. to come off the bench, so you're right. That is something interesting to um, to consider because for Fitless said he's happy to play two dummy halves. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you'd be. I, th- I think um, that is somewhat of a concern. But the way he's going, Cook's going, it doesn't hurt, does it? Just to own him anyway. Yeah, no. That's that's Origin is a fair way away in terms of week to week strategy on trading. So I think he is he is a master get in your team. Last but not least, Grant HR is probably too late, but is Madison still a buy? Thinking upgrading Latrell or Hiku. Other centres, Kenna, Isako, George Jennings, Winterstein and Katawa. Well, we just talked about the fact that Hiku is living off the coattails of Sean Johnson, who's not there. And we also talked about it. It's never too late to pick up players of the quality of the likes of Cook and Madison. So Hiku to Madison, if you can afford it, Grant, I think that, that's an easy an easy one. Uh, yep. I agree with you 100%. Nice way to finish. It's always good to finish on one that uh, is a little bit easier. That does it for the show. We've hit the 50-minute mark, so we've definitely got to go. And you guys have got to listen to that before 4 o'clock Wednesday. So <laughs> we didn't make it easy for you, but we did our best. Ryan, thank you it's so much. to you guys now. Yeah. Um, have a good Anzac Day. Shout out obviously to troops present and past for making our country basically you know truly great not just the trump style make america great again but um the real word great because yeah, essentially real great. that's uh how we're allowed to live the life we live do shows like this talk footy instead of you know real real stuff talk essentially nonsense in comparison but we can do that because we live in a free country and so if you get any chance, if you maybe by the time you listen to this, you've already out, have been to a dawn service, get to a game. Um, one thing, you know, NRL, talk up NRL, you know, hashtag talk up NRL. One thing they do great is Anzac Day week. Um, so get to a game, anyone, doesn't have to be on Anzac Day. They do a great job with it. Um, and, you know, pay, pay tribute at, at, in any way that you can um, for the fact that we get to live this great life in this great country of ours. Uh, Ryan MS, thank you so much. Um, we will see you on Sunday. Really looking forward to that, and hopefully the Tigers can get up. We, we will be at, at a game, speaking of which. Yes. And, um, and of course, we'll probably be talking to you in a, in a couple of weeks, I'd imagine. Yeah, no worries at all. And I'm Paulie G. Paul Grissett can make sure you download that app if you haven't already. Go to the website www.supercoachpros.com or simply type in Supercoach Pros 2018 in Google Play or on the App Store, and you'll find that, and that will help for you to dominate your league with the Dominator and the Predictor. That's all for now. Talk next week. Bye for now.